triangle is defined as the angle between the shaft and the ground line when the club is measured in normal playing position with the center of the sole touching the ground. This is the Fitting Room Podcast. Here's your host, Nate Adelman. Now I know what you must be thinking. You guys must be thinking those fitting room guys have finally lost it. They've run out of things to talk about. They've been doing this podcast for over five years, over 115 episodes, and they've simply hit a wall. There's no new topics to talk about, so we're going to talk about Lyingle today. Well, <laughs> hold that thought because here is my challenge to you, the listener. If you don't find that this that you don't learn something interesting and you don't have a better understanding of your golf clubs and even help your game after listening to this podcast, you can personally send me some hate mail to my Twitter at Nadelman, N-A-Y-D-E-L-M-A-N-C-G on Twitter. Send me hate mail and tell me that I wasted 30 minutes of your time and I will make it up to you. That is a promise. But here is what I have to say. Lyingle could be one of the most critical elements to your golf clubs that you are not thinking about. And today's episode is about uncovering all that that's about, helping share and spread the enlightenment about Lyingle. And to help me do that is the person who I believe knows more about Lyingle than anyone else I know, a friend of the fitting room, a fitting room regular. That is none other than Garrett Pond. Garrett, welcome to the fitting room. How you doing, Nate? Uh, thank you for joining me for this episode. I know, uh, dare I say, you might have even been skeptical at first when I came to you with this idea and you said, we can do a whole episode on that. And then we started talking about it. And 30 minutes later, we were still talking about it. Yeah, we barely broke uh, the ice. I so I think there's a lot to dig in here. Um, and I think it's something that, especially as we approach these spring months of potentially... Uh, you know, more home time, more garage time. This is potentially something that uh, could be added to the tinkering list for a lot of golfers. Totally agree. Um, okay, so let's dive right in. So let's start with just straight off, what is Lyingle? Yeah, um, you probably have a like a dictionary definition. Would, would you, you like me it. to read it first? Yeah, let's, okay. let's do that first. The lyingle is defined as the angle between the shaft and the ground line when the club is measured in normal playing position with the center of the sole touching the ground. So basically, if the sole is parallel to the ground... Okay, I'll illustrate for you. Um, and I, my knee is the ground there. It's worth mentioning, um, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, you can also watch this podcast and watch... Uh, Garrett brought some toys in today to help us... Uh, uh, illustrate some of these ideas. We'll do our best to describe them, of course. If you'd like to watch, you can go to the Callaway YouTube channel or callawaygolf.com slash podcast to check out the video. So the ground, the sole of the club, the center of the sole of the club is parallel to the ground. And then the, ang the lie angle is the angle at which the shaft relative to the ground. So it's the angle between yep. the shaft and this the ground. This angle right here. Yep. Simple between, as that. Between the shaft and ground, that's the lie angle. Most golf clubs... The lie angle will vary, you know, on a wedge, it's about 64 degrees of lie angle yep. all the way down to what, about 58, something like that. Yeah, roughly for a driver. For a driver. Mid, um, mid to upper 50s to mid 60s. And, uh, okay, so 
we might say, okay, Liangle, that is, um, you know, it's just like the club gets longer. You got to get it to sit flat on the ground. So yeah, you're farther away from the ball. The shaft right. gets but it's a little more complicated than that. Or I guess it's a little more, um, uh, the Liangle has a, a little bigger impact than just simply connecting the club to, from your hands to the ground. And let's start with, uh, Garrett, I guess, and I, actually, I, I think it's worth mentioning. Anytime you build a club from scratch, like order it on CaliGolf.com, Liangle is always one of the drop downs where you can choose to go plus three, minus three. We have the OptiFit Hosel, which we talk a lot about, and that allows you to go into upright, which is about two, two and a half degrees of yeah. Liangle adjustment. Um, so let's start at the high level, and then we'll dig in. What's the importance of Liangle? in your world uh well i would say if you're talking about iron starting there you're looking for uh the lie angle to help you to produce proper turf interaction so ideally um you know you we're measuring the lie angle with the sole level to the ground at impact you're trying to, to get the lie angle correct so that the sole hits the ground level again and because players swings are a little bit different players body types are different the shaft may be more vertical for someone more horizontal so you use the lie angle to help do that and that's sort of the um the way lie angle's been um fit for a long time and i think even more importantly you use it to help achieve a desired shot shape so the the dreaded we've heard about it fitters are generally moving away from it but the dreaded lie board yeah. Where you put lie tape on the sole of the club, you hit the club against hard plastic and it produces a, you know, an, an imprint of where the sole is hitting the ground. And I would say fitting 101 is, hey, let's get the center of the sole being the contact point on the ground for most shots. Uh, that's kind of like general rule of thumb, because yeah. that means wherever the club is uh, facing uh, is where the ball will go. Um, but for some players you might want to take it a step farther than that. Yeah, so the way I like to use lie angle is to help achieve the player's desired ball flight, uh, shot shape in particular. So if a player wants to uh, fade the ball, they pick out a club, they like it, it's not fading as much as they want to see it fade, or pick any ball flight you could think of, they're not achieving it uh, to the level that they, they want, we start using lie angle as, as one of the levers you can pull as a club fitter to try and achieve that. So um, because the loft plane, which is where the loft of the club face points, is, is not parallel with the leading edge, as you change the lie angle, you change where the loft plane points. So I've brought... Uh, yeah, you have an illustration of this. This okay. is pretty cool. So Garrett's got a magnetic... Uh, almost looks like a thimble so with that, a chopstick sticking out of it. Yeah, this might this might have been a chopstick at one point. But, okay, uh, we, crafty. <laughs> we attached it to a magnet to, to kind of show a vector, basically where the so, log plane would point. So what what it is is uh, with the with the magnet stuck to the center of the club face, the chopstick is pointing to where the club face is pointing. So yeah, theoretically so, where the ball would go. Yeah, I've got the the lie angle to where the sole's level to the ground, kind of pointing right at the camera right now. So naturally the loft uh, plane points right at, at the camera, it points straight ahead. Right. So as we go more upright, uh, meaning the toe higher than the heel, you can see where the, the, the face plane or loft plane starts to now point, starts going more and more left. And then the opposite would be true if you flatten the lie angle 
toe lower than it than the heel there so it points more to the right so the not only does it affect the actual loft but it also affects directionally yeah directionally more so than than loft but i'm glad you brought that up because if you uh, change the lie angle to try and um, enhance a draw or mitigate a fade or, or vice versa, you can, um, you can also affect the trajectory. So if, if a player picks out an iron and they draw it a little bit too much, which is real popular with tour players that play the real small heads mm -hmm. typically, um, the most common lie angle adjustment is to flatten the lie angle so they don't overdraw it. Um, you can also get an increase in spin by the time you get a decrease in, in draw and vice versa. If someone's slicing the ball, you go more upright, try to uh, uh, negate the slice. You can see a decrease in, in spin um, at the same time as a decrease in the slice and change the trajectory slightly as well. So every, let's say, uh, you know, in a golfer's bag, there's 14 clubs. Do you find that golfers should have all 14 consistent when it comes to lie angle, whether they're playing a all at standard or all upright or all flat? Or do you do you subscribe to the approach that each player should look at each club's lie angle independently? I would say you could look at each section of the bag um, together. You could look at the irons as uh, sort of its own little set. You could look at the wedges as their own set, the woods, same way. Um, but you could take it as an a la carte practice as well, where every club you sort of pay attention to individually. So I've seen some players with their long irons play more upright relative to their, to their mid irons and short irons. Uh, you'll see a lot of players where they just want everything uniform and they kind of, they make it work that way too, where mm -hmm. it's, I'm, I've got my seven iron two degrees up, everything's two degrees up now. Um, I would say the, the best rule of thumb is to let the golf ball tell you if, if right. the lie angle needs to change and to do that you kind of have to be the type of player where you have um, a more consistent ball flight or more consistent swing if you slice one 50 yards and then hit the next one with a 50 yard hook and you're not trying to do either of those <laughs> yeah. maybe it's maybe it you got help. bigger problems right but, um, so episode i believe it was like episode three or it was single digit episode of the fitting room this is four or five years ago I was just a, a wee lad at the time. We sat down with Phil Mickelson, and Phil was talking about how uh, this podcast is still worth listening to, even though it's a couple sure. years old, still super worth listening to. He talked about how when he gets a new set of irons, he uses goggles that black out at impact so that he takes the swing. As soon as there's contact, his vision goes dark, and he predicts where the ball will go based on the feel. Yeah. And if he, if it, if he says okay, that was a one-yard draw, or that one's three yards uh, left of the center line, and then it is that, that club can stay in the bag. But if it's not that, that club either needs an adjustment or it's gone. Yeah, um, I've been a part of one of those sessions. Him and uh, Dave Pels uh, do that kind of as they're prepping for the season uh, a lot of times. And um, at one point, we recorded all of his lie angles until he said the set's perfect, and one of them was maybe a little upright, one was close to standard, one was flat. And right. to him, it didn't matter that they weren't uniform right. relative to a standard. It mattered that they produced the, the ball flight that he's expecting and based on. Theoretically, you could the argue that that set of lie angles is standard for Phil's swing. Yeah. It's not standard for a, gen a generic average golfer, right? It's standard for how Phil holds each length club and swings each club, that when he takes the swing that he wants to produce 
it will be uh, deliver the, the flight that he wants. And one of the things I found interesting was if he hit three shots and all three of them, if he said, oh, those ones were perfect and they were all three, let's say, three yards right, that's like, ooh, we're close. No problem because we can just adjust the line angle and now those same swings will be perfect yeah. again. Yeah, and it's when it goes both ways that that's when it gets squirrely. Yeah, uh, one thing to note too about lie angle and the loft of the golf clubs: the greater the loft, um, the greater the the influence lie angle will have on the start start direction of the shot. So, back to that um, example with the wedge. The reason I brought a wedge is because it's one of the higher loft clubs in the bag. So you can see it um, with the, the the stick there. As I just move the, the lie angle slightly, the stick moves quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So the greater the, the difference in, um, in the, the leading edge where that's pointing and the loft, um, the greater in, influence the lie angle is going to have. You take a fairway wood with very little loft. Here's a three wood right here. Stick that on the face and do the same thing. That stick hardly moves at all. Right. So the, the more loft, the greater influence lie angle has on start lines. Now, you brought up woods, which is a good good one to talk about. So with irons and wedges, a huge part of lie angle is turf interaction um, and making sure that, you know, the club's going through the ground um, because that's a variable in, in addition to the club face, obviously the turf. With the driver, we're hitting off a tee. We're not as worried about turf interaction. So with driver, it's really about shot shape. And this was something I found uh, really fascinating. A couple years back, uh, 2016, when Danny Willett won the Masters, we were speaking with his coach, and he was saying that uh, Danny Danny plays like a little cut. You know, it's like a five ten yard cut was yeah. what he what his go to shot that season. But his driver and his fairways were all flat, and I found that interesting because typically it's like, hey, you got a big slice, like let's bump you upright. Uh, and typic- and so I was like, oh, that's interesting, and I asked him about it, and he said, well, Danny wants to eliminate the left. And so even though he plays a cut, his miss will be just a bigger cut, which for him is controllable. Um, so he plays the, the woods flat. Um, another you know, friend of the fitting room is in here a lot, Steven Serino. Steven Serino plays a big draw, but his driver is also flat. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Danny plays a cut and it's flat. Steven yeah. plays a draw and it's flat. And then looking to myself personally, I play a draw, but I like to play it a little upright. And the reason for that is because I want to take the right away. Um, so for me, eliminating the right is a bigger priority for me. So yeah, a big rather... block push gets you more in trouble than the... overcooking a draw a little bit. Exactly. So uh, I wanted you to help us break that down, that you have players that hit draws and fades who both play it flat. Um, and then same thing, I play draw but play it upright. Um, how should a golfer go about figuring out like, oh, I, I, I play a draw. Do I want it flat or do I want it upright? I, I think the gist of it is you want to use the lie angle to either enhance a shot shape that you're trying to produce or mitigate a, a miss that you're trying to avoid. That's basically it. And um, simply put, the more upright you go with the lie angle, it's going to um, make a ball fade less or draw more. And going flatter with the lie angle, it's going to make a, a ball fade more or, or, or draw less. That's basically the, the main thing you want to know when you're adjusting lie angle. And that's true with, with all clubs, whether it's irons, wedges, uh, or woods. 
um, irons, you start to, to focus a little bit more in on turf interaction like we talked about. Um, back to, uh, speaking of turf interaction, back to a tour player, um, another staffer, Jim Furyk of ours. He looks at lie angle a little differently than the example you used with Mickelson, where he knows a lie angle with the shaft lengths um, that he plays that produces the perfect turf interaction f f for him. Um, and I've even seen him sort of really analyzing his divots uh, to where they look exactly the way he wants. Um, Width-wise, depth-wise, it's, it's perfect for him. Um, so we can't really change the lie angles for him to produce a shot shape that he wants. He's another guy that plays a cut. Um, so we have to, to use another lever. We have to pull a different lever to try and get him an iron that he produces the perfect little cut with. And that's usually a combination of a blade length, uh, which we've talked about in other shows, blade length and offset that helps um, make the ball start in the right direction for him and fade um, the right amount for him. So he tends to play um, irons that are longer from heel to toe uh, with very little offset. Right. And so he's an example as well, where if you look at what standard is, where the line angle changes, you know, about half degree for each club, he kind of throws that out the window. His line angles, I believe you mentioned, were all between 60 and 62 through throughout the whole set. Yeah, almost his whole set is the same lie angle. So instead of a three iron being 60 and a pitching wedge being 64, um, you know, his long irons start a little more upright and his short irons are a little bit more flat. So the difference in the lie angle through the set's like cut in half, basically. Right, so he's got more upright long irons and more flat wedges. Correct, yeah. And that works for him. And I think the biggest takeaway with Lyangle is like Lyangle is one of the few things you can do in the tinkering world that A, uh, you have very little risk of ruining your club permanently, right? You can always bend it back. Disclaimer, don't go more than three degrees either way off of standard. I know, Garrett, you've, you live in the, in the danger zone sometimes. <laughs> uh, I, ha I have broken a club trying to bend Lyangle maybe further than you suggested there too. So that's, right. That's good to offer the disclaimer. So disclaimer, try to keep it within three degrees of what it came at, but uh, you can always bend it back. No problem. You don't have to, you know, when you do something like length, where to mess with length, you have to re-grip a club. It's going to mess with the swing weight. It can change the lie angle, all this stuff. Lie angle uh, really doesn't affect anything other than the lie angle. The overall weight staying the same. The balance point staying the same. Um your, you know, like swing weight's going to be the same. It doesn't require regripping. So yeah, any of the differences that do happen at the golf club, changing the lie angle, are gonna, they're not, they're not extreme. You know, right. the, the length changing, swing weight changing, they change slightly, but you, no one would even notice. Those right, we're talking about tenths of a point. Yeah, um, and lie angle as well, uh, especially depending on the type of swing that you have. Like for a guy who's a sweeper. Uh, who doesn't take big divots, who doesn't have a lot of turf interaction, that part is almost like much less important than what the ball flight's doing as well. Uh, and similarly, like off the tee with the driver, where we're not worried about turf interaction, we're worried purely on ball flight. Um, so the lying all, like, let's, let's talk order of magnitude here. In order of magnitude from the fitting and tinkering and adjustment standpoint, there's a lot of levers we pull, uh, whether it's changing loft, changing length, changing weight, 
changing CG location, changing shafts. Um, where would you rate Liangle in terms of like order of magnitude of impact of change? It's pretty high. Uh, it's part of every fitting. It's not a like a, a a real sexy part of the the fitting and like fun, but it's super critical because it can uh, it can take a club that someone would say they hate to making a club that they they love. Right. Uh, instantly. Um, what's as, like as long a, as it takes to bend a club, which is about a few seconds. What's the clue for someone if let's say they they're on the range, they see they hit their seven iron a bunch of times. What's a clue that maybe Liangle could could use adjustments? Well, let me start by saying what is not a clue. Okay, good. Um, and it's I bring this up because um, just about every I shouldn't say everyone, but it, it gets asked a lot. Um, relating to lie angle and it's hit location. Hit location is not a clue that your lie angle needs to change. So, for, uh, for instance, we'll we'll see a lot of people say, "I'm hitting it out on here uh, on the toe over here. What, where do I need to bend my lie angles to do that?" Or, "I'm hitting it on the heel. What what direction do I need to change the lie angle?" So that's one of the lie angle myths. Mm -hmm. If you change your lie angle, it's not going to move the hit location from the toe to the center or from the heel to the center. It's not going to move the hit location laterally. That's a different subject entirely. Mm -hmm. So by far, um, the, the biggest indicator to me is always what the golf ball does. The golf ball is the best teacher that there is, whether it's teaching you about your swing or teaching you about um, your, your clubs. Um, so if the ball is fading too much, um, you need to go a little bit more upright. The ball's drawing too much or, or starting um, a little too far offline, you'd need to go a little bit flatter um, that way as well. Um, uh, the divot is another indicator. If the divot's deeper on one side versus the other, that can be an indicator that you need to um, change your lie angles. And then just looking at the wear on the bottom of the club, you can kind of get an indicator that way too. Now, if my ball flight, if, let's say I love my ball flight, but I notice that my clubs are seeing a lot more wear on the toe side than the center. Yeah. Should I be concerned? Well, it depends on what you're putting the, the greatest importance on. Um, if you're putting the greatest, you know, more importance on the, the sole interacting with the turf totally level, then that could have a negative impact on the ball flight that you love by the time you get the turf interaction right. perfect. Ideally, you're going to try and get, you're going to try and achieve both. You're going to have the turf interaction even through the sole, and you're going to have the shot shape that you're looking for. And oftentimes that's totally achievable, but sometimes you have to sacrifice one one right. of those two and if if i had to pick one to sacrifice i'd i'd pick the turf interaction i'd for in, in other words i'm i'd be okay if my uh divot was a little deeper on the toe than the heel right and, and hit it at the flag every time right yeah your scorecard doesn't have a line for how good <laughs> your divots were today that's true uh but ball flight being the vision i mean the shape that you're envisioning from a starting point to an end point uh, it going where you want it to go consistently, I think is what golf's all about. Yeah. Right. And I think if you're on the range and you see that with, you're seeing something really consistent with a club where you're taking a swing where you feel like it's a good swing, but it's always leaking one way or the other. That to me is a clue that it could be lying. when you're looking at the ball flight, Yeah. that if it's consistent, because you could say I hit every club great, except my six iron. My six iron, for whatever reason, I can't turn it over. Like, what's up with that? Well, uh, one of the, you know, the I'd say the fitting room PSAs that we've said a lot over the last couple of years is get your lofts and, and lies checked. 
oftentimes it's going to be that one of those things is off. Yeah. And, and it could be as simple as, you know, just putting it back to the spec that it needs to be. And Liangle can change. You might talk to us a little bit about this. Traveling with clubs, clubs bouncing around in your golf cart, clubs banging around in your trunk. I mean, the Liangles can change. Yeah, if you hit a bad shot and you get a little angry, hit it on the ground, hit it yep. against your foot. If you they can move a little bit. If you practice a lot off turf mats that have concrete below them, yeah, that's another one. Especially if you take, if you hit the ground. If you're a guy who takes big divots and you're practicing a lot off turf where yeah. there's no give, that's another way that over time your Liangles can kind of start leaking. Yeah, and even if when you get a brand new set, you should maybe double check them and make sure they're they're what they are supposed to be. There could be one that's slightly off, or um, ho hopefully not from Callaway, but right. there could be one that's like the, the opposite of what it's supposed to be, um, just and it got missed. Um, so always it's good to double check them, and um, that as we've talked about the tune-up fitting in mm. in the past. That's that's like the main part of the tune-up fitting is you, you check your gaps, you check your shot shapes. If there's something that's out of pattern, you see if if uh, the lie angle or the loft angle sort of describes why why uh, there's something that's out of pattern, and oftentimes it does. Now, uh, Garrett, can you verify or can you uh, set us straight? I have a lie angle. I don't know if it's a, a fact or fiction. But I want you to set us straight on this one. Okay, okay, I'll try. Okay. Have you heard that golf clubs have a memory? And when you bend the lie angle, sometimes there are certain clubs where over time it will go back to the, the shape where it was manufactured. Like it has a memory to how it was born. Um, I have a little bit of experience with that, just bending clubs as many times as I, as I have and then uh, measuring them at a later time um clubs that are cast rather than forged it seems like the, they'll get a little bit closer to where they started after you bend them or they can at least mm -hmm. um i've seen you know you bend a club a couple of degrees upright and then um, then you measure it the next day it's one degree upright or it's not as upright as as it was uh forged clubs i hardly ever have seen that mm. um so yeah there's probably a little bit of of truth to that to certain clubs um speaking of uh, irons anyway okay garrett i think we did a pretty comprehensive job talking liangle yeah did we miss anything i don't i don't think so i think the uh the the myth getting that out there as far as hit location that's important that to was know. a good one yeah that was a big one um and then we covered all the basics shot shape turf interaction so hopefully after the last uh 20 odd minutes you agree that while at first maybe you were skeptical about why are those guys doing an episode on Liangle that you agree that wow I learned something today uh, but drop us a line let us know what you think uh, you can leave us a review on uh, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts Apple Podcasts uh, SoundCloud Spotify uh, let us know in the Callaway community callawaygolf.com slash community head over to the fitting corner let us know what you think. You can always ask a question there. All of your questions will be answered on the community. The best ones will be brought here to the podcast. And then, of course, every Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM PJ Tour Radio. And, Garrett, you are there with me every week. Um, we get a lot of great questions 
Um, we haven't gotten so many online, but maybe now this will pique someone's curiosity and they'll give us a call uh, this coming Monday. Yeah, hope so. Uh, another thing to mention is you mentioned the tune-up pod, the tune-up fitting podcast. We like that episode so much, we actually just rebroadcast it last week on this channel. So go check that one out. That one was with Garrett as well, talking about you know the season beginning, which is pretty good timing for now. Um, making sure your clubs are ready for the season. And then, of course, we just also dropped the new Chrome Soft podcast. So talking about the new golf ball. You don't want to miss that one, so check that one out. And then finally, on uh, the Fitting Room is part of the Callaway Podcast Network, and the Ship Show has, has a new name. Do you know the new name, Gary? I haven't heard it. It's a really good name. It's called the Callaway Golf Podcast, which I think is a perfect name for that show because it's all about what happens behind the walls at, at Callaway Golf, in the building, um, what's happening on a week-to-week basis, who are we talking to, what's happening on tour, um, what are the guys on the truck doing. Um, if they haven't had you on the show, they should, um, because you always have a pulse on you know who's coming through, who's trying new stuff, what the tour guys are saying. I have not been on that show um, yet. That's a miss. That's a miss, <laughs> but I'll let them know. But check out the Callaway Golf Podcast as well. Um, that one is with Jeff Newbarth and alexis eater and then finally um don't forget you can head over to callawaygolf.com check out all of our different fitting tools that we have up there whether it's irons woods wedges putters to it's a good place to start your fitting journey it'll give you a good starting point for if you want to try out some new clubs this season Um, this episode of the fitting room podcast was produced by tyler sheehan and trevor miglarino We will be back next week with more from The Fitting Room.